Welcome, welcome, Thomas. Uh, thank you for making time today. Uh, you are a special guest for for me and for Stickman. Uh, I've known you for over five years, and we started working in your previous organization together. And it was one hell of a journey. Uh, your, your the business was growing for you, and you were looking at cyber. So, and and through that through that relationship, you know, we have some fond memories of the project. But we also have fond memories of going on motorbike rides around Sydney, and thanks to you and your 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 interest in electric motor vehicles, uh, we have something in common there. So, so thank you again for coming, and uh, this is our knowledge series, uh, primarily to impart knowledge to our network. Uh, and I would like to start with uh, you introducing yourself briefly to, uh, to our audience, and then we'll get into the into a discussion around everything IT and cyber. Yeah, thanks for having me and great catching up again. Great having a good coffee, a good chat. So that's that's really important nowadays to really catch up again. And it's great. It's it's uh, really appreciated. And yes, we had already quite a journey. <laughs> you, you alluded to it. And it's been um, a lot of learning as well. And we achieved a lot, which I'm pretty proud of. And we were literally, as we called it at the time, fixing the fly, uh, the engines in flight <laughs> and, and changing them. So uh, so often things are not easy, but you need to get on with it because it's essential, especially when it comes to cybersecurity. So who am I? Um, I'm an IT professional. Um, been that for a long time, even started way back as a student working in a research section for what has become now the section of Tesla. So I'm um, pretty proud of that somewhat. I mean, nowadays it's maybe to be reviewed a bit, but um, um, but since then did a bit of a stint in um, uh, research and artificial intelligence. At the back of it, I created a great piece of software for engineers, which they all use the software, but I had to cut out the actual intelligence because it wasn't working in practice. So uh, maybe nowadays that's changed. And even with all the cybersecurity products out there saying they're intelligent. I had my mixed experience over the last few years with those. Um, but in any case, it's um, it's great to be in IT and uh, running IT shops. I've run IT shops for, for multinationals. Um, this coverage literally nearly every continent. Um, so it's been pretty exciting. Now I'm focusing more on the not-for-profit sector of the for-purpose sector, which is really rewarding where you're working in that space and see the impact it has and how technology can enable that you can provide services care to your clients all across uh, a wide region. And um, and this is focusing currently in particular around Australia, country Australia, which is undergoing um, tremendous trauma and, and flooding, bushfires and all this. And in general already is disadvantaged with services, healthcare services uh, to children available out there. So I'm pretty proud of doing my part in that space to securely and effectively deliver these services remotely wherever possible to various locations um, and being innovative by bringing different ways of getting the internet to certain locations because that's been hard traditionally, but luckily there's some tech uh, and new internet services emerging. So I love that space, and um, it's it's good fun. At the side, I'm as well uh, staying uh, in touch with, as a special advisor to private equity. So working with them when they are looking at at a due diligence or investments. So uh, great fun to be in that space as well. Beautiful, beautiful. 
So, so you you had a outstanding career uh, as far as I work with a number of CIOs and your journey. You you've been such a stable operator working with some large enterprises, helping them one manage plus also transform their IT. So, in your you know you know twenty thirty years of experience, what would you be? What would you see as the biggest transformation which you have seen and experienced? For the for the IT world, for the IT world in general, or that I have actually moved. Yeah, even uh, from your experience. The biggest transformation. I'm obviously <laughs> I'm that old. I knew when the internet and email came about and so forth, and uh, and uh, which enabled a lot of stuff. But what I believe is probably one steady component has been. You always have to look at what do you want to solve? What is the real problem here? Not throw just tech at it and so on. And there has been exciting tech coming up and and so on. Um, yet if it doesn't have a purpose or a utilization and it's just for what? So, uh, so I'm, and they're very pragmatic actually. I want to see it work. And that includes even all the cybersecurity tools and softwares. If you don't get the basics right. So I'm a big fan of getting the basics right. And, uh, this applies today like it did 20 and 30 years ago. Like if, if you don't have that right. So probably turning that a bit around here, but um, the cloud, these techs, yeah, but it's it's just another, just a shift or the cloud is even think of it. It's like mainframes. They were like a cloud. You had timeshare and things on, on these things. Yeah. And, and now you have to say with as a big fancy called the cloud again. So we are back full circle <laughs> and um, that's a very good analogy because a lot of people don't realize what the mainframe was offered at that point in time. It was probably very heavy tech, right, in terms of bulky machines. But you know, can you touch a little bit more about the timeshares in, in the mainframe? I'm not quite that old that I use them a lot. Out of the bag of them, uh, I came in and I was, was about, but from a principle, what I see there is, is really you're sharing a resource. You know, and then everybody gets the cut, and then we move to uh, everybody buys their builds their own little data center in a in a more or less, in an IT room or somewhere in, in in a dungeon, and then that's not good enough, you know. And you build up more and more servers. Well, then we were using, running our at the time I was running SAP, and I was using very expensive servers, and I said, this cannot be right. So I looked at, okay, how about I'm buying. Intel processor, run, run it on, on, on uh, Linux and just buy a lot of boxes. And I get, for just any maintenance, I get a whole data center equipped to run our SAP environment much faster and, and, and much cheaper, you know. So always innovate in that sense, you know, looking at practical aspects. What can I do to change it? Uh, so that was great. And, and moving on nowadays, yeah, I've started in my last two positions moving a lot of services to the cloud. And, um, but again, carefully looking at it, cause sure enough, I burned my fingers as well, where one developer let the lights on, I call it, but the lights on a very expensive something, machine learning, something server or, or service, I should say. And sure enough, the bill was pretty high and there was no way to get around it, you know? So, uh, so one needs to be conscious of, of that. So financial management of these aspects and, and knowing what resources you have switched on and how you switch them on and off. Is, is, is critical and that's probably been similar in the mainframe days if you used a lot of compute of these resources or got your share and uh, that was potentially not sure how good they were with accounting then 
But uh, nowadays, the cloud servers, uh, services are obviously extremely good at it with looking at their margins, which are massive. But I believe still everybody is winning. We as an organization don't have to worry about uh, are these servers sitting there, powered, UPSs, whatever. No, it's all taken care of and you're just focusing on the on the, yeah, the customer or the client experience. And with that, it's the internal customer and the external customer. So not only on, um, yeah, externally focusing. So everybody what's experience with your IT services, make them great, focus on them and let the lower levels be covered by uh, services. And this yeah. probably applies to, yeah, like at a cloud, the hosting, the backup, all this. Well, extends into security, where there I believe it's still a an, an area to be understood. What services do you really need or not? You know, but you're the expert at that, I guess. Yeah, but there's also this misconception that if I move to the cloud, security comes along with it, right? You know, so so what's been your experience in in that in terms of when you run such significant transformation programs? What you run moving from on-prem to the cloud or changing the actual software engine which is running in the in, in, in an environment to a cloud-based or a SaaS-based, what's been your, what would be your guidance and advice about looking at security in, in those instances? Yeah, security is even more important now, I would call it that, because you need to really understand what you're doing. If you leave the door open on a public cloud service that you run on a server there, um, it's potentially worse than if it is in your, or it is worse than if it is in your local network, you know. Okay. So you've got a, somewhere a firewall sitting here if you don't set up that firewall and so on. So you need to know, really know what you're doing and apply and cover all the basics, 101s of securing your environment. There's a lot of advice and a lot of check, checking tools, check tools in the cloud services. So they are great. But as well, work with the right partners. Don't don't go to know, you know. Don't uh, just send your, your IT engineer off and so research it a bit and run it up and it will, she'll be right. It won't work. Mm. So you need to have your right strategic partners to run at this and make sure you're secure, you don't uh, spend too much money and uh, have the right tools applied, just the right measures. And uh, yeah, lastly, security you need to as well keep your users in the loop, that they behave securely, your developers, that they don't leave the door open or have an open API sitting somewhere there. True, true, true. Open APIs is a very sad topic to discuss, yeah. especially after what we saw in Australia, some, some significant data breaches. So Thomas, you know, we work quite closely together, right? You know, could you, could you share some of your insights into the whole, you know, partnership with Stickman, why was it important, or you know, how how it helped with your focusing on your transformation when security was being, you know, more or less outsourced to a third party, right? You know, in that instance, right? You know, could you shine some light on the whole experience, please? Yeah, no, it's a great question. So when we started, we, we really uh, were looking for a baseline, a security assessment. And at the time when I did it, this was not, this had not been requested by the board or by the management or something. Um, it was up to the CIO to know, okay, I need to do this. I think we're secure, but are we? So 
I didn't know really, you know, I had, I trusted my engineers and so on. I said, yeah, it's, it's fire. There's a firewall there. I'd be using the best product here and the best this. I said, okay, but we don't know, do it, you know? So, um, so that's how we engaged and started. And, and, uh, and I was researching who would be a great partner to get that baseline established initially. And, um, and it wasn't after just a PowerPoint deck as a result of spending money with X, Y, and Z and uh, well, the big end of town and just getting a 50 slides saying uh, you should be doing this and that, you know. So uh, when we selected Stigman, we really um, had a really good look at where we stood. We decided against what do we actually want to measure us, um, which was great, the flexibility which Stigman then had, you know, the, oh, let's apply this, this, this standard and, and compare us against it so we got our position we even developed which i like together how we meaningfully communicate where we stand because it's not like a technical we've got this port open and that port open the board won't understand that so say oh we've got too many ports open and, and we need to do multi-factor over here so the board left places over they wanted a another member the the spider diagram where we said okay uh that's what good looks like and it's not that you have to 100% everywhere, because that's impossible. Then you don't send emails, you don't go to the, on the web, and you, you, know, you don't even use computers, I guess. So you can only have certain what does good look like for your industry, for your business. Define that, and then you measure yourself, and you land somewhere uh, lower in most cases. Maybe sometimes you hit good already, great, but often not. And then how you cover this. And then realizing it's not necessarily uh, the odd pen test here and there that you say tick i've tested over there the system there's so many possible holes and so on so you want to be a bit more proactive and run a, a better like a monitoring like you do if you if you're on your performance monitoring and, and other things here you run something and then have experts looking at things so with the security we felt whereas we had great internal engineers in a in a in a team and we had another team innovating building apps and so on so we were doing a lot of stuff um, and this was our core focus. So we partnered with Stigman then uh, on keeping us secure, which was great because we um, we established uh, forgotten how it seems SOC type service yep. and and um, so managed security, if you will. Had a bit of a negotiating how much should that cost, you know. So there was a bit of debate around it, you know. And and it's always a bit like insurance. Look how much. Uh, do you insure yourself for and how much do you pay? But if you see the direct benefit where you get on a regular basis, you know where you are and then threats are being averted and so forth, which we did, then it's definitely of value. So I really like that. So I think what you hit upon is so powerful that you can trust your IT team, right? Your, your engineers and your developers, but always trust by verifying. So it's not blind trust, right? A lot of a uh, lot of IT, you know, run organizations think, oh, security, IT can do security. That's fine. They they are very smart and knowledgeable. In fact, you you had a fantastic team of engineers, but the whole role cyber plays is that verification role, testing and verification, and also monitoring, detecting, and responding to things which are outside the realm of performance monitoring, up uptime and you CPU utilization and memory utilization, you're monitoring all of those versions. Our role is to monitor the security aspects which can impact those those systems, right? And that mm -hmm. that 
that distinction when it was drawn was became extremely powerful for you as the CIO uh, of that organization to be able to you know really distinguish between IT and cyber, right? And that gave that good balance between IT and cyber. Uh, we also did. We also worked with you in building your strategy, your cybersecurity strategy. Could you share? Because obviously we were working from the outside, but you had a lot of interactions internally on the whole. So we did a questionnaire. We developed. Can you share a little bit more on how that helped you frame your overall, you know, vision for for the organization and how you how you achieved that vision? I think it took us two years to get to that point of maturity, right? Yeah, when we started, uh, it wasn't a, a space where a proper plan or strategy was not that common for many organizations to, to around cybersecurity. They just support certain products, and as I touched on, there's a lot of marketing, that's the best product, that's the best product. But before you go out there and buy stuff, you know, or services, products also, and no services, you need to have a plan, a strategy. Well, what am I protecting? Well, where's the risk? You know, what is, and, and the strategy forms in a key communication point with the organization, with the board, with the executive. So you're, you're not just, oh, trust me, I'm buying all this and this, you know, and she'll be secure. And where's the board understands here? We have security audits and we have external parties keeping us secure or keeping an eye on us because the internal team is only goes only that far, so that segregation of duty, if you will, a little bit. But um, um, to develop a strategy, have something to communicate, and then then execute it. So you have a strategic plan, and you are ticking off boxes, you're moving your, your security, and on a regular basis, you check in again, where are we, and coming back to the spider diagram, are we moving? Are we moving in the right direction? Are we doing the right things? So not just falling for um, the five or so calls and getting regarding to cybersecurity uh, and services and products, um, yeah. but rather you know what you need, what you want. Obviously, like with any plan and, and, and strategy, you need to check in, adjust, update it on a regular basis as well. Um, the businesses, the processes are changing, so keep it together, you know, and not just say this is not a five-year plan, this is set in stone, because I guarantee you once you kick off the plan, you analyze, you kick off the plan, by the time you really get into it, things have changed already. So keep on. It's agile. Run it in sprints, adjust it, update it, have the big plan in mind and work towards it. Having a vision in mind and then working toward yeah. that vision by... And then this was a, a joint learning for us because we were at the same time as well, running fully agile, innovating our apps and so on. Uh, and for probably some traditional security providers, they're not so used to this kind of a mentality of agile and sprint, but uh, developing the big vision with the key benchmarks and the framework that we check against, but then implement, Im implementing improvements. So do you have any challenges with stakeholders, business stakeholders, or your experience to share with our audience in terms of you, are, you, are, you had the vision of creating the cyber uh, the, you know, maturity for the business, but the business didn't really, you know, initially, you know, know even what was going on. But you had to create that awareness and that vision and share that. So what were your challenges or learnings from dealing with other business execs? It's probably the, the, the challenge or the art in getting it right is to very 
effectively and concise communicate on the right level to the right stakeholders. I touched on it earlier, ports open, this and that and that, and just paint a scary picture and then ask for a million dollars to fix it. Uh, every board member says, well, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if he knows what he's doing or if he knows what to focus on. So you need to get that right. You need to reference, yeah, that's the journey, that's the standard, be it ISO, NIST, or Essential Aids, whatever you, you, you benchmark you against, and, and say why, and then say that's what we need to do in, in the right language. That's probably critical, and it's awesome to have that a partner which helps a CIO to, to get this kind of communication right, and then it has to obviously connect all the way through down to what you tell an engineer what to do and what, what not to do, you know, um, when administering systems and so on. But uh, that's not what, what the executive need to know. That's your job. It's your business, running the business of IT, getting that right. Um, but the key is to communicate to the right stakeholders in the right way. And then even to the product staff, because we can't forget our internal or our staff, because if they don't follow certain best practices that you, well, you educate them, you teach them, you make them security aware. I'm going out of my way on this in all my roles to even teach them all the way how to keep your private, your phone, your, your private email secure. Did you know, like, I mean, now it's probably common sense, multi-factor, but uh, certain basics, make sure you've got it on your banking, on your own whatnot everywhere to protect yourself. And, and um, uh, so I'm, I'm making it a broad education throughout the business, getting again the approval, obviously, and from the executive to have certain learning programs out there um, for every employee that they have to do the information security learning and so forth so that's part of everything and built in so in that sense you, you're doing your best from the from the individual users yeah uh, that they are up to date and secure to the communication to the executives and continuously evolving it and not get sucked into a uh, uh, hype or something uh, just do it no beautiful beautiful so, Thomas, if you don't mind, can you share your experience working with Stickman, right? You know, obviously, we had quite a long relationship in helping the whole process. And, you know, would you, could you share what was your expectation from a partner? How did we respond back to you? You know, what was the whole... And it was just not you, but we were working across different stakeholders in the business. So, it would be good to know from you in terms of an overall you know, experience of working with, uh, with a partner like Stickman Cyber. Yeah. yeah, I think it's always the right partner. You need to uh, meet on the right wavelengths and, and then have the ability to adjust and uh, learn from each other. So not engage and save as a partner that has a very fixed formula and they impose it on you and it even doesn't fit, you know. But in the case of Stickman, you guys were very adaptive and flexible, and in part even learning yourself, you know. And uh, when we started things at the beginning, uh, we realized, oh, this is a project has so many moving parts. We need to introduce a bit more project governance shape, project shape into it. And Stickman stepped up and helped me there because I didn't have enough project managers, or especially if you're more in the the technical team members, they are often used to run BAU day to day, and the project is for them the other side of the corner, they are just totally not comfortable with that. So, so Stickman came to, to the party and 
set up a great project manager which chased all of us, you know, with no, 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 uh, what do you say? Yeah, fully uh, powering us through it, you know, and not giving up. I remember, you know, you have to do this. You, you guys have to do it. So really, the project manager, not just in so many cases, you have somebody being, oh, that's our project manager, but they just do not much. They just on the vendor side do a little bit over there. They're not owning the project, bringing it together. Then you need to have on, on your side another project manager. And then you're right. It's, it's uh, just totally ineffective. But this was a great move, how we saw this as a need and established it and then run the project uh, successfully even with some adjustments, we're able to adjust without blowing the budget, you know. So always like, what's your budget? What's the need? Prioritize this, adjust, and then start to deliver. Beautiful. Yeah. And from a technical expertise standpoint, what what value did you get out of the, the relationship? Yeah, look... Um, Rather than just getting a PowerPoint presentation showing me what, what needs to be done or could be done, uh, Stigman was able to actually a lot of things, including putting a layer of seam sock around our organization, which uh, had to be tuned in at the beginning. And uh, we did obviously the pen testing as well, which again, the feedback there was great because uh, we put a couple of booby traps in and, and, uh, and with one pen test, I remember you guys, Discovered some, but not all of them, which got us a free rerun, which was great. <laughs> so, so these things were, were were good, and and that kind of working relationship uh, makes a lot of sense. And uh, having the right technical expertise and, uh, in that partnership was obviously and stickman control. Uh, that's what you do, security. So, whereas we we could get on with running our systems and implementing our apps. Yeah, that's what most of our customers say. You know, apart from just technical. We bring all aspects, uh, the information security officer, the project management, the governance, risk and compliance, the technical security testers, the monitoring guys from the security operations center and the SIEM solution. You know, so we kind of bring all these elements together to literally we become your outsourced or in-house security department, mm -hmm. but technically outsourced. Yeah, but we work as your in-house team working with you to make you successful in whatever you are. Uh, your your journey is right. So then, so thank you. Yeah, that that's been that that was really <laughs> very comprehensive, very detailed uh, storyline of what you've done. And I uh, wish you all the best with your new advisory role. What you're doing, it sounds really super exciting. Uh, helping some big private equity firms, you know, find the right kind of business, and you're 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 playing the role of due diligence in advising them on on the IT side of the thing. So I'm. I've, I'd like to pick your brains more on that when we meet next time. But uh, any last words to our audience on cyber or transformation? Anything you would like to share, Thomas? Yeah, look at it. It's just like any other area you're working in. Be pragmatic about it, you know, like practical. You know, Don't get caught up with the hype and panic that you need to do this and that. Just ensure you get a good baseline and then have your plan and work through it. And you should be secure. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you so much, Colin. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.